0: hello and welcome to um a season-long recap of michelle's season here on the 602 rose show um you guys get the special pleasure of having me lead the show today so sit back and enjoy this roller coaster that's about to happen um So what we're going to be doing in today's episode is kind of just going through and um, talking about the data that we collected, about the week-to-week picks and uh, fantasy league, and then also the season-long fantasy, um, and kind of trying to give you guys a sneak peek into what worked, what what didn't work, things to watch out for for Clayton season, um, just in terms of strategy, so that uh, when that starts next Monday, you guys will have uh, some secret uh, information in your back pocket there. So Rick, do you have anything to add before we kind of jump into some of the the fun data?
1: No, I'm excited to go through some of these points and uh, see how they fell out.
0: Yeah, it was super interesting to look at. Um, So the first thing that we have here is just kind of our how the week-to-week lead ended up. So here are the final scores. Um, As you can see, um, I came in third place. Um, Rick did come in first place. Um, But even when you look at the scores here, I mean, the difference between... First place and third place is only about, what, it's 20 or, yeah, 22 points. So pretty uh, pretty close game there. Um, and really, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but really came down to uh, one real week where I made some not great picks. Um, and that really kind of opened up that lead um, for Rick to run away with it. Um, even when you look at the more kind of global, or uh, bachelor nation scores so rick ended up 17th overall out of that like eight thousand or so that we're playing um, and i ended up scraping by within the top 50 uh, in 47th place um so overall i mean like we did a really good job and it represents how great our 602 league is too um highly competitive individuals here um and so for those of you wanting to play for clayton season please do join us um, we'd love to have you not only in the bachelor nation but also in our 602 row league um just to you know give us some more competition
1: you know and really as tight as the overall points were if you look at the weekly averages there that tells you on a week-to-week basis how close this was yeah. um you know, and that's part of what we talked about toward the end of the year and, and i'm sure we'll get into a little bit later in this show but it's, it's picking your spots it, it's taking guaranteed points where you can find them and then finding those opportunity spots where you can you can jump up, uh, those standings pretty much held from week two or three through to the end of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really the margins you're working with uh, in any league uh, at, at the top at the tops of your leagues. It's going to be all people that know what they're doing, know what they're talking about, and you got to pick your spots.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, I mean, throughout the entire um, season of Michelle's, you heard us every single week kind of talking about our strategy for picks. Um, And talking about that difference between like, do I want to go safe? Do I want to go kind of more data driven? Do I want to go with what I know? Or do I want to go with what I hope happens? Uh, Do I want to go with the potential for drama? Because that could put me up in some higher points. It could kind of jump me up. Or do I feel confident in taking that potential upset too? Um, That might come with that
1: riskier choice. You know, and that conversation, guys, for anyone transitioning from traditional fantasy sports, or into traditional fantasy sports, that whole conversation is floor versus upside. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, do you take the safe points that are guaranteed to be there? Or do you take a shot? Uh, And really, it depends on your situation. depends on your matchup. depends on what you're trying to do with your points. But that's a direct analogy between fantasy bachelor and traditional fantasy sports. It is truly floor versus upside. Yeah. Um,
0: And at least, I mean, in our league right now, for now. You know, there's no money involved. So really, when you're making that choice, it's really based off of pride, right? Like, how much, how much pride do I want to lose here?
1: It's <laughs> almost more valuable than money.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think it depends on who you're talking about. And again, who you're up, like, up against. <laughs> Okay, so here we have on this next slide, um, we have the, the point breakdown of where you could get or um, lose points within the Rose League um, app kind of week-to-week competition. Um, so this is the same it's been the entire um, season for Michelle's season. Um, as far as we know right now, these are going to be where the points are coming from uh, when it comes to Clayton's season. I know, Rick, you've reached out to the yeah,
1: Rose League. Confirmed, confirmed.
0: Confirmed. Okay, so there will be no additional points. Um, that will be new for Clayton season. So this is what we're gonna have. So this is what you guys are going to be um, looking at and making your picks off of from week to week. Um, so when it came to Michelle season overall, here is the breakdown for the average number of points each guy within Michelle season received. Um, and so obviously um, the guys that we see higher up on that list are also the guys that last longer, meaning that they probably had more time with Michelle. They probably had more of that connection, more opportunities To get those points, Um, but it is an average, so it it is, you know, like total points divided by how many weeks they lasted. Um, So as you can see, um, we have our top four guys up there um, getting the most number of points, Um, and really, I mean, Nate from the get-go was a point grabber, and we kind of talked about that throughout Michelle's season. Um, Even when he wasn't having those one-on-one dates, he was making those opportunities to get those easy points. Um, and we'll see that in a, in a couple of slides here about where some of those points kind of came from for him, too. Um, but I mean, he's up there. He's He was averaging 64 points an episode, which is huge, especially when you're considering that, I mean, going back to the average of points that you, know, like you and I got across each, each episode, we were, in, we were averaging 160 total. So out of our six picks, having Nate, who's averaging 64, I mean, that's huge, right? That's between a third and a half of the total points that you and i were getting each week um and so having him on on your lineup every single week was huge and we talked about that throughout michelle's season like if you can zero in on who the big point grabbers are going to be you can zero in on who is going to be that top one or two like people within a season early on then you can kind of get those averages pretty high too um one of the surprises for me within this average points was actually jamie um so jamie ended up falling sixth overall for average points um he averaged 23 points in that i think he went home after I should have looked at this i think he went home episode four i want to say yeah. yeah
1: i believe it was um, four
0: yeah and so for him to have that many points early on um and to i mean again, especially compared to some guys who stayed much longer than him to be making that many points across those four episodes was huge. And so, again, he was a, he was a good guy to have early on in those lineups. Um, otherwise, I think the points um, kind of fell approximately where you would expect them to. Um, but I think especially with Jamie and Peter kind of being in that sixth and seventh place there really talks to or speaks to when you can find those drama people, having them in your lineup can be huge. Anything you wanted to say about that average point breakdown?
1: Yeah, the, the two things that really jumped out to me, one was Nate and his complete domination. That that is that point yeah. spread is yeah. massive. Yeah. It's um, to be able to bank that every week is everything. So identifying that early, like we did. Uh, and locking him into lineups, regardless of what the previews were seeing, regardless of what else we we're seeing on a week-to-week standpoint. And you heard us both say it several times throughout the season. Got to have Nate. Have to have Nate. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's in the preview. Doesn't matter what else is going on because it didn't even matter if he was on dates. He'd take advantage of the row ceremonies. He'd take advantage when she's coming to pick up a different guy for a date. Like those yeah. type of points. You, you, if you can identify something like that, you have to lock it in. Um, the other thing that really jumped out to me was Pardeep, uh, falling so low. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he didn't do a whole lot on the show. He wasn't someone that, that we were focused on. Um, but he lasted several episodes. And so for him to average out so low really shows you not only he wasn't doing anything at all, but when he was on camera, he was scoring negative points because he's offsetting Rose points. So for that average to fall so low, I, I was surprised when I first saw that. i you know, he hadn't been someone I'd thought about since night one because we knew he wasn't going to do anything. Yeah. But seeing that level of self sabotage, balancing out roses, um, I, I was really surprised by that that uh, that point level.
0: Well, and I mean to that point too, I was surprised at Romeo being up as high as what he was because he was someone else who, uh, like, seemingly didn't do much on the episodes. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's within that that top 15, right? Um, and so, yeah, just that curious point of like, where did those points come from? And like, again, what are they doing when they have screen time? Um, because just having screen time isn't enough when it comes to points. Um, so looking at kind of where, you know, like some of these points were coming from, right? Um, I decided to look at some of the categories that I thought were most interesting based on some of the conversations that we've had. Um, And then also just my own curiosity. Um, And so we have a couple highlights here. So the first, um, I I called this one the Makeout Kings. So these are the guys who were able to steal Michelle and have on-screen kisses or makeouts. And again, you didn't get points for each kiss. You you got points for uh, like separate kissing events, right? Um, And so if they had a huge long five minute makeout session, that counts as one (laughs) makeout, one kiss um versus if they're able to get like little pecks in throughout the episode then that's giving more points for you um and so number one kisser was brandon's um and he ended up kissing michelle 69 times over the course of the season um uh, nice. second uh he had 60 kisses or makeup um and then and then joe came in 43rd or i'm sorry with 43 kisses and again, I mean, these are, these are also our top three guys, so they had the most amount of opportunity because they lasted the longest. But I think what actually surprised me more, because that's, again, kind of expected, right? You would expect the top three guys to also have the most amount of physical intimacy with Michelle. But when, I, when you actually look at who had those on-screen kisses, only 10 out of the 30 guys ended up scoring points for kisses or makeup, which means that only 10 out of the 30 guys did we see on-screen physical intimacy with Michelle which is super surprising because there have been other seasons where the bachelor or bachelorette has like literally made out with everyone within <laughs> the first two episodes. And so the fact that we weren't seeing those moments I think is really telling of again the story that the producers were trying to tell in this season because I don't doubt that other guys weren't kissing Michelle. I just don't think we saw them and therefore we weren't getting points for it. Even more than that, I those 10 guys who were actually able to that we were able to see those on-screen kisses from eight out of 10 of them were guys who had one-on-one dates. And so actually the, pretty much like 80% of these kisses or makeouts were coming from guys who had that one-on-one intimate time. And the other two guys, I think each um, had maybe one or two kisses throughout their time on the show. And so really like that physical intimacy was, was predominantly saved for these guys that Michelle had a lot of interest in. Um, which isn't the case for every single season. Um, I mean, already on Clayton season, we've seen a whole lot of crying and a whole lot of making out. Um, and so I don't expect that to be the case for Clayton season, but that one really surprised me.
1: Yeah, and it really ties back, guys, to what we've talked about all season, and that is understanding the narrative that the producers are pushing. Um, you know, we've said it a few times, but whatever you think about the lead, whatever you think about the characters, whatever you know about them as human beings is irrelevant. What is the edit and the producers telling you? And the story they gave us from the beginning was that Michelle was this very bold, very confident woman who knew exactly what she wanted and wasn't going to take any of the bullshit. And so it makes sense that what we're being shown is her taking advantage of private time, but being this, this almost regal, proper you know, definition of a woman in group settings and we really did see that um, so moving forward it's, it's really important to ID that narrative early what is or what are the producers trying to tell you and that's a season arc, but it's also an episode to episode arc uh, so dialing into that and understanding what type of edit you're gonna get is really gonna lead you down the path so you can ID these kind of points opportunities yeah
0: well and I think even identifying as you and I did um, you're like what do we know about the lead, right? Like we knew, as you said, that Michelle was kind of this presence, but we also knew that she's a professional too. Like she works with kids, she's a teacher. Um, And so going into it, I expected that we weren't gonna see a whole lot of like physical intimacy or or, like revealing skin outfits from her, knowing that like she would know that her students were potentially watching, right? Or the parents of her students were potentially watching. And so I do also wonder how much like Michelle's outside life impacted what we were shown within the show um, and kind of those moments that she chose to have that physical intimacy versus people um, who are maybe more outspoken about their sexuality, like Katie or like Caitlin. I mean, we saw a lot of making out. We saw a lot of physical intimacy, especially early on. Um, But again, that fit with their narrative outside of the show as well and what we knew about them coming in. So. Um, the next one that was that we kind of like hearkened on a lot throughout Michelle's season was drama and kind of trying to pinpoint where that drama was coming from. We talked about it a couple times on the show, but this was a season where there wasn't a lot of drama. And the drama that was there felt very manufactured. It would only last an episode or two, and then it was kind of no nonsense, right? Michelle caught a lot of those drama people. Um but where the drama was coming from. so, um these first three, so Nate, Casey, and Olu um, were the top people to talk smack about another contestant. Um, so Nate ended up talking smack about another contestant 15 times. Casey did it 12 times and Olu did it 11 times. Um again, we talked about Casey throughout the show that he was this guy who I still to this day have no idea why he lasted as long as he did, because he and Michelle apparently had zero connection. And yet, he was always the guy who was in the middle of the drama. He was talking um, in his like um, interviews, right, with the producers about the drama. Um, and so that's where these points were coming from. Like he just kind of flew under the radar, but was also this like this narrator presence, uh, which was a a different one. I don't, I can't remember the last time we had a character like him who was kind of more of a narrator and would get you Bubba points for doing absolutely nothing within the show.
1: I'm, I'm really hoping they do Bachelor in Paradise because yeah. Casey on VIP kind of just giving that recap like he did every yeah. single episode during Michelle's season uh, with the chaos that happens at VIP. I, I think that would be fantastic TV mm-hmm. and fantasy points.
0: <laughs> no, it'd be hilarious. Um, the second three um, top guys here. So Nate, Brandon and Will. This was um, for uh, top three guys who fought with other contestants or confronted other contestants. Um, And so Nate confronting or fighting someone eight times, Brandon three times, and then Will three times. Um, And so Nate overall was a huge drama guy, um, which I don't think I realized throughout the season. Um, Because I think that they were just like these individual instances. Obviously, he had his beef with Chris S. But I, I was actually really surprised to see Nate in first place for both of those categories. I don't know about you
1: yeah it, it definitely jumped out to me um because like you said it, it didn't feel like it in the moment you know there are definitely uh you know preview worthy throwaway scenes that, that these things occurred in um but we were given a very different edit of nate in the in the macro and i feel like uh i, I for one overlooked his impact there masked within his his total points yeah. Uh, but yeah i mean looking at it after the fact. It 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 fits more my head narrative for Nate than, than the Bachelorette narrative for Nate,
0: <laughs> which is also fair because that's important too. <laughs> okay, anything else you wanted to say about drama there? Uh,
1: no, nah, nothing really for Michelle's season. Uh, I think they're gonna make up for the lack of drama in Michelle's season in uh, the upcoming the upcoming Bachelor season here.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I expect these numbers to be much higher. <laughs> Um, okay, <coughs> the next one that we have is most likely to lose points. So we talked about this um you know like throughout our season, um, and you had brought this up, I think, like midway through um, about how many points Brandon had lost for being such an insecure war reward um of a of a baby. Um, and so you can see here, Brandon did top on the list for most likely to lose points. And so, Um, the way that I calculated this was I took the four categories um, of how people could lose points minus going home. So I didn't include going home because that's just like a throwaway. So this is um, having an awkward conversation um, with Michelle, um, or I think just, actually, I don't think it's with Michelle, just having an awkward conversation or interaction, um, expressing like a negative emotion, like anxiety or worry or jealousy, um, (laughs) talking about um, or being accused of having ulterior motives, um, and then snitching um, on another contestant to Michelle. And so those were kind of the four ways that these guys could lose points. Um, all three of our top hitters here, so Brandon, Nate, and Joe, they all lost their points uh, for those top two reasons. So having awkward interaction or expressing anxiety or jealousy. Um, and so overall, Brandon did those two things 27 times. So over the course of the season, he would have lost you 54 points, which, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't seem huge, Um, especially when we're looking at him scoring an average per episode of 44 points. Um, But, I mean, again, when you're looking at, like, our league, for example, right, where the difference between first place and and third place is 22 points, 54 points is huge. Um, And if you're grabbing, uh, Brandon, and adding into your lineup on, on a week where, he is having more screen time and he's doing more, more of that shit. Um, Then you're going to end up losing more points. Um, Nate ended up uh, having those two top two 15 times. So lost 30 points over the season. And then Joe ended up losing 24 over the course of the season. Um, Some of the other guys who ended up losing more points who didn't make the top three were Chris S, Jamie, and then Markin. Um, And again, those were some of the, the drama guys, of course.
1: and and from a fantasy standpoint guys i want to call out a couple things about this uh one is that you're going to get what we're they're negative points for fantasy right the negative emotions we're talking about they come with opening up uh so the closer you get to opening up to the lead the more of these types of feelings are going to come up um So you have to eat a certain amount of negative points with your positive points. So it's really about balancing that. Uh, The other one here is you see the top three. It's depth of contest. The longer these guys hang around, the more opportunities they have for negative points. You can't throw it out because it happens. And it happens on a weekly basis. Um, but, But be aware of it, especially as you come down the stretch. It's something we talked about coming into the final three and final two picks is is Brandon going to score more negative points than we can absorb? Um, you know, there there are people in the big league and in our league as well who went um, – went they benched Brandon the second to last week and they played Brandon in the last week. Uh, and it's just really balancing out those negative points. So just know that it's going to come with the positive points in, in some instances and, and really being able to look at the data and analyze that and say, okay – What's happening this week? Is there a one-on-one? Is there a big group setting? And, and trying to to balance the character you've been given and the trajectory that they're on toward the lead, you gotta make those tough calls. And sometimes those tough calls, like Megan's saying, I mean, in, in our league, there's you know, what, 40 points between first and fifth. Uh, so, you know, you really, being able to identify those opportunities is is everything. It's huge. So the narrative matters understanding the characters matter. You know, again, it's a it's a show about love and romance, but I mean, we are here for the fantasy picks yeah. uh, and you have to understand the characters, not the men, because I wouldn't want anyone to try to understand these guys, <laughs> but, but you have to understand the character you're being presented with and the opportunities that that gives you.
0: Well, and again, I mean, we talked about it, I think around surrounding the Chris S drama um, because there was a week where I was debating whether or not to put him in my lineup And I ended up not putting him in, even though we knew that drama was happening because there was like that balance wasn't there. Right. Like I was expecting, which he did, he ended up eating more points than he gained from the drama. Um, And so you also have to look at the way in which those drama moments are presented to you. Is it going to be fighting and talking smack and crying and swearing, which are going to get you points? Or is it going to be maybe more of these like uncomfortable, awkward experiences? You know, like that anxiety or jealousy um, or people calling you out for shit or you being a
1: sneaky snitch. So I will take this opportunity to say for the first time of a few times in this episode, I'm sure, scoring system. Yeah. You have to understand your scoring system. Some leagues, you don't lose points for going home. So you can absorb a little bit more of this negative stuff to try to churn up some of that drama. We obviously focus pretty heavily on Rose League because they do such a nice job, which is the official plug. Because I heard from a little bird that Six O Two Rose Show will be a featured league for Clayton season. Um, but you know, know your scoring system, know the site that you're playing on, and and how they score things out. Because uh, if you can get one of these high drama guys and not lose as many points for them being sent home, it flips the whole thing on its head. So that that that's the one thing we are talking very specifically for this season in particular about the Rose League and then about Fantasizer season long. Um, but your scoring system might be different. There, are several different options out there, some of which we plan to explore this season and at least give you guys some exposure to. Might not cover them in full. Um, but as Megan's speaking to, you have to understand where you can eat those points so that you don't end up upside down on a guy that you picked because he had anxiety and then went home.
0: Absolutely. Um, okay. Anything else to say about these top three categories? Were there any others that you uh, saw that you really enjoyed or surprised you?
1: No. I mean, we talked a little bit in the in the finale review um, of the difference in points between Brandon and Nate just from the proposal, the rose, and getting sent home ended up being more than the difference in the points.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so really, that, that's what I'd say when you when you're when you're analyzing negative points. You have to weigh them with the positive points, because especially when you get down toward the end of the season, there's fewer and fewer guys. When you're when you're picking six out of 30 and six out of 20, it matters a little bit less. You can pick the guys, you know, move on and and be relatively safe as it gets down thinner. It is very possible that someone that gets sent home scores more points than someone that stays. Mm -hmm. And again, know your format because some leagues you're just picking roses and some leagues are picking points. So really it's knowing the system and focusing on, on where you can find those, those edges.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, yeah. And I think too, and we'll get to this later in the show, but um, even looking at like screen time, right. And what's happening within that screen time. Um, And yeah, we talked about in the last, the last episode that we filmed of Michelle's um, season that, you know, Brandon came real close um, to where Nate was. And that was surprising. Um, and when we actually look at like the breakdown of time spent within the episode, turns out Brandon actually had way more time um, that he was on screen for that episode, which allowed for more of those points to be had, but could have also allowed for more negative points as well, depending on what is actually being shown. So, um Okay, so um, we've kind of talked a little bit throughout the, the season, Michelle season, about how important it is, not only to get the points where you can, but also to um, really make sure that you're staying on top of what's happening. Uh, so as you can see here, so these are, this is my week to week scoring um, and kind of where I was falling throughout each week. Um, so you, you can see that for most weeks I did pretty decent, um, staying within the top three there. Um, And then episode six, I ended up falling in eighth place within our league. Um, And I fell within, like, I actually looked, it was like 2,993 for the bachelor league. So real different than what I had been. Um, And this was the episode where.
1: Which, guys, it's still 25th percentile. It's still damn good. Like, that's how competitive the top of these leagues are. Like.
0: Well, and, and I think part of it, too, is, like, so within our league, yeah, like I fell eighth, but it was because the top seven all had the exact same lineup. Um, and so it wasn't that like I had you know seven people ahead of me that all had different lineups. It was a difference between one person actually within this lineup. So this was the week that, that we went from top six to final four. Um, and I didn't realize we were making that jump. I thought that we had one more week um, before we got to final four. And so I ended up putting in Rick instead of Joe trying to make up points. Uh, but then Rick ended up going home because we switched to the final four, which was a surprise, right? Like normally there's more weeks in between. And we kind of talked about that when we filmed that episode of the of the podcast about what a surprise that was and how this season with Michelle seemed to go by a lot faster because she was really quick to just cut people if she wasn't feeling it. Um, and so again, this kind of screams to why it's so important that you have to be aware of what's happening in the season like you have to be aware of how many episodes are left and what's going to be happening as far as like the numbers of guys um you know sometimes bachelor and bachelorette seasons only last eight episodes and sometimes the last 14 episodes and it all depends on one the narrative but then also what's happening within the cast what's happening within the, the players um how many episodes we're stretching the row ceremony across two episodes, right? Um, so you, you have to be paying attention. And I think this also screams to why it's also so important to be watching. Like, yes, 100%. It's like you can get by doing fantasy just looking at spoilers, but it helps so much to actually be watching the episodes too, to get that, to experience that momentum and that flow of what the episodes are doing and what the season's like. Um, yeah, like at that point, like there was, especially with how late like, that happened in the season for me, there was no way that I could have gotten first or second unless the first or second person just didn't fill out a lineup
1: one week. So, uh, that and that's an important call out, Megan, because uh, here in my notes, we cut the slide with my scoring on it because there's just so many first place finishes the, like the past six weeks. But uh, I, I call this break week plus minus sustainment uh, for exactly the reason you're talking about. Um, you know, the the week you had your poor week, uh I went from thirty-fourth to eighteenth and never really fell back from there. Um, you know, and I took my own horror a little bit, but but honestly, from from week six to week ten, tied for first in the in the big league every single week, just picking chalk. Um and improved my finish in that time up to up to seventeenth, just making picks. Uh, you know, so as you, as you near the end game there, sure, you might not jump up your leaderboard necessarily, but all it takes is one person to miss for you to take their spot. Cause if you take the chalk and they don't set a lineup or you take the chalk and they get cute, you're going to have that opportunity to move up just by setting a lineup, just by doing the right thing. Um, so yeah, you know, you have these opportunities to, to break and fall back, but if you're, if you're out in front, or near the front there are some weeks when you don't have to take a Mm moonshot, bank your points and you move on and look for a better opportunity and and this edit specifically we started to see that things were going to be very straightforward i know megan and i talked about it on a weekly basis do we take non-truck do we plug somebody in and hope they score enough points and you know ultimately the answer every single week was no but that won't always be the case um, so so breaking that down week by week, sure, yeah, we knew, we knew before the show aired who won. Yeah. It was easy to pick Nate every single week all the way through. It doesn't make it the right choice. Now, what Nate showed us in the season, I mean, you saw his, his points average. What he showed us in season showed that he continued to be the best bet all the way through. And that's why we made those picks. But that's not always the case. And we wouldn't necessarily have known that if we hadn't been watching. Now, Brandon was somebody we knew was final two but who looked really suspect the entire way through and had us questioning final six, final four, final three, you know, he had us questioning those spots uh, and usually ended up being the right play. You know, he outscored Joe in final three and, and came really close to beating Nate final two, but Nate was still the right call. So like Megan's saying, if, if you're watching the show, if you, if you're actually dialed in, um, you're going to have that minutia, the, the episode to episode flow that you can't capture anywhere else. And like I said, we we knew the final four, the final three, the final two, the final one before the season aired. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's where the points are going to flow. And from a, from a fantasy standpoint, again, know your format, because mm-hmm. if it's not just roses, you have to work these points. You have to work opportunity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and again, like, take the gambles where you can, right? Like, even the week that I ended up, like, eighth in our league and (laughs) 2000-something in the Bachelor Nation League, um, again, I only subbed subbed one person um, for someone else, and just because I was trying to make up points and and be cute, but I also knew that regardless of what the gamble was, that I wasn't going to fall that far, right? I mean, even within the final rankings, like, I ended up third in our league and 47th across the bachelor nation. It was because I I knew that I could take a loss if it, if it came. I knew it wasn't going to drop me, like, as far as anything else, but,
1: yeah. All right, and as Megan was speaking to earlier, our home league not for cash? A lot of leagues are. So, uh, you know, this is something that normally, uh, when you're talking about new people for fantasy football, fantasy anything really, but we'll focus on football because that's where I do most of my work. Uh, you need to understand the payouts. You need to understand your scoring system and your payouts. Uh, Those are the the two big points there, because like Megan's saying, if you can, if you can bank something and know you're not going to slip out of the money, maybe you do that then. Uh, So understand what you're playing and why, and it's fine to play for no money. It's fine to play for fun. And it's fine to not look at spoilers that's not really who this show is aimed at. <laughs> so you're welcome. You're welcome to listen to all of our our, our witty back and forth, but uh, we're we're a little more focused on winning. Uh, so yeah, I mean, understanding your league your league format is is everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that kind of leads into um, our next transition, which is switching over to season long. Um, so in addition to doing the Rose League weekly um competition we also did um fantasizer i always want to say it wrong um
1: fantasizer your source for all your make-at-home fantasy needs
0: yeah despite megan not
1: remembering their name we'd still very much like to partner with
0: (laughs) (laughs) i just like i always want to say it wrong is my problem and i always end up spelling it wrong and find it like typing into google because doesn't get pulled up correctly because Well, they do,
1: they do spell it goofy.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what always throws me. That, that, that's my excuse. Um, so, yeah. But I have I have their logo on our last slide. So I'm totally promoting them. So, like, big supporter. We're good. I just can't say your name. Um, <laughs> um, so switching over to our season long. So here are our final scores. Um, so Rick, once again, ended up in first place for season long.
1: Um, first place globally
0: yeah yeah. well, te-
1: technically a t one
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and I are tied. Um, and I ended up in third, though, again, technically, it was second because you two tied for first. So I don't that's, know
1: that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but I do want to point out that I got third place having a guy who dropped out, I think in episode four again. and somehow I still got third. so, you know, I don't know whether that's lucky or just dumb of everyone else. Uh, so it,
1: it, just, a, just a recap for anyone who's not familiar with season long. Uh, you should absolutely play it. But the way season long works is you pick your full team with a captain who earns you 10% extra. But you pick them after night one. So after you go from 30 to 20 odd uh, and the real episodes start, you set your lineup and you don't get to change it again. Ah, uh, so we locked in six people a piece, week one. The second that the the row ceremony was over, and we went to I believe twenty-two guys.
0: Yeah, that sounds right.
1: Locked in six and rode it out. That's how season long works.
0: Yeah, and then you cross your fingers and uh, hope that you that you did it right. Um, and so the scoring for for season long is also different, right? You're getting points from different ways. Um, I was actually looking yesterday, um, coming up with some of these slides, and with season long, um, you don't lose points. Um, So, this is one of those leagues where there are no negative points, you only gain points. Um, And so, the only loss that comes is when your person is gone and then you're just rocking zeros for the rest of the season. Um, And so, really, this league is I mean, there's a lot of things you can get points for, Um, and the leagues do a great job. Um, having, like, a very clear and coherent Excel file that you can track and watch. Um, so before you pick your season long, um, you can always reference uh, their Excel sheet to see, like, what point, what where points are coming from. Um, and I did not put it on this, uh, this slideshow because you're it's getting massive. points so many things. So many. Like, it's absurd. I, I have no idea how they do this because they do, like, live scoring, right?
1: So, so it's, it's crowdsourced. And if if anyone is into just like human interaction, that chat is amazing. It is crowdsourced live scoring. It, it ends up being finalized uh, the next day, two days later. But they're going through it live, and they're getting inputs from everybody. And it it is it's a lot. It's a lot. It's very fun to experience.
0: Yeah, no, it was cool. Um, I I had, like forgotten that they have the Excel, and so yeah, when I was putting this together, I uh, was going through their Excel file. And they put comments in for like. Why they did or didn't give points for certain things, and so it was also just like fascinating to like read through some of their comments of like, oh yeah, like I gave this person points because of blah blah blah, and like, I mean it's just cool. Um, so like I said, that's kind of our uh, season long standings. Um, so real, going real
1: quick, Megan, oh, before before yeah. you jump to the total points, uh, I just want to call out that there is also a fantasizer weekly league. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Where the lineups change every single week in theory, you'd have better opportunity to adjust. I am going to take shots right now. (laughs) Anyone that offends, you can leave. Our top top four for season long outscored every single player for weekly.
0: Yeah.
1: Number five was only about eight points behind. And our top ten outscored their top three season long is the way to go in this format fantasizer has an awesome product for season long yeah. um we know what we're doing in season long uh <laughs> 602 people have won i believe now nine out of the last 10 seasons um
0: and it's like a fun concept was... too like like i i've never like i'm i haven't seen the of format anywhere else which is really cool
1: It it used to be everything for Fantasy Bachelor. Uh, There's been a lot of new things added to the market since then, but season-long is where we we make our cash, where we butter our bread. Season-long is uh, uh, close to my heart for sure.
0: Wait, you're making cash?
1: I don't know what you're talking about. That's illegal. (laughs)
0: Okay, so switching over to total points. Um, So... Um, as you can see here, our top four guys were also the top four scorers for this league. Um, so you had to have them in your lineup um, to break it in, or break it into to that, um, the top scoring for season long. Um, something that we didn't mention um, is after week one, all the guys end up getting um, pricing. And so based off of their performance in week one, um, they get a price assigned to them. You have $100 to spend and you have to choose six guys. Um, And so there are some years where you cannot choose the top six people and make it under that $100 cap. This year you could have. So if you chose the top six scorers, um, which no one did this year, um, it would have come out to $92. Um, And so you would have even had spare change. And part of that was because, and we talked about this um, when we were doing the season long picks for Michelle's season, Brandon, right? Yeah. Brandon ended up, I think it was Brandon, ended up pricing at $10. Hmm. So your second place dude, uh, because his week one performance was shit, um, he ended up uh, pricing at $10. So he was a super cheap guy to pick up. Um, and that was part of what made it possible to grab, that you could have grabbed those six guys um, and still come in under that $100 cap. Um So, yeah, I think for me, um, Martin scoring as high as he did or getting as many points as he did was a surprise. Um, I was also surprised that, um, you know, our new bachelor, Clayton, came in as low as he did, um, especially considering that, you know, a lot of the promos and a lot of the information that we were getting throughout Michelle's season was his performance on this season was the reason why they chose him for bachelor. And so I know you and I had had that discussion that, we both had him in our season-long lineup expecting that he would do things, right? Expecting that he would get us points and he would have that screen time and he would have that presence, um, which did not end up happening. Um, and clearly there were other guys you could have chosen um, who would have banked you more points. Um, any surprises for you on here or anything that you wanted to add about
1: t- the yeah, I mean. The big one for me was the Clayton one you just spoke to. Uh, you know, we're, obviously we're we're building these lineups, knowing most of the spoilers of the season, but not necessarily rose ceremony to rose ceremony stuff. So generally speaking, you want the next bachelor, bachelorette in your lineup uh, because they're going to have a favorable edit, which gives them more screen time. Uh, but as Megan just spoke to, not really the case with Clayton. Uh, I think Clayton was in four of the top five lineups the season long um for for that reason because by the by the time we were playing we had a pretty damn good idea that clayton was bachelor
0: um he had already started filming his season
1: (laughs) yeah season season long is 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 tough if anyone plays fantasizer season long and doesn't look at spoilers i would love to have you on the show for us to talk to you and kind of pick your brain because i don't know how the hell you would have come up with this after night one uh, you know, Nate, Nate's an easy pick because he got the the first impression rose and a bunch of screen time. But like no one would have had Brandon in their lineup without knowing how deep Brandon went. And even with the previews they were showing us, it wasn't entirely clear. I mean, there there were people who thought that where, where Michelle got proposed to was in Minnesota somewhere. I mean, that that's that's what we're dealing with here from a from a population standpoint. So I, I would love to hear from someone who doesn't look at spoilers. Because um, that's how we build our lineups, quite frankly. And if you didn't know that by now, you're probably angry at the moment.
0: <laughs> um, and I will say, like, so this is my I think this I think this is my third time doing season long because I did it for for Katie, and then I started with Matt uh, was my first time doing season long. Um, and for Matt's season, I did not look at spoilers because I was naive um and new to the game um and actually did decent um just just based off of like first impressions, um but definitely didn't do as well as it did during katie season having looked at spoilers
1: yeah it, it makes a difference and some purists might argue against it but at the end of the day here it's it's data it's data that's available it's data you should be taking advantage of and you look at the scoring here it correlates directly with where guys finished yeah weird (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. and again i think one of the other surprises just from again thinking back to what we knew after night one is olu but i think that he was a surprise throughout the entire season right and we talked about him a lot that like one he lasted much longer than, than we thought he was going to and he got bubble points like two episodes in a row that we weren't expecting um, and that was partly because of the way that ABC did some of their previews for Michelle's season. Um, but again, you would have had no way of knowing after night one. So, um, okay. Anything else you wanted to add for that?
1: Uh, no, it's all I had on the total points there in the perfect lineup.
0: Yeah. Um, so then the next thing, so again, talking about knowing your scoring system. There are some leagues that um, they only score the episodes. Um, and like the content within the actual like official ep- episode, um, and then there are some leaks such as this one that include the filming and in studio experience for both um, after the rose and then also the mental all. Um, and so this is one of those leaks. So I actually picked part of the data for the mental all episode, um, where again if you had a player like I did who got eliminated pretty early on, they could make up some more points for you in a bonus episode. Um, and so here's the scoring for the Mentel all um, and again, you can get some pretty big points here depending on what they're doing. and I would argue that this Mentel all was a pretty drab one where we didn't have a ton going on, um, which is pretty much the case with Michelle's entire season, right? We talked about it throughout the season that there just wasn't a lot of drama um, and so for Clayton's season we might see again more points coming from this Mentel all episode or women tell all I guess uh, episode um. But as far as the guys who made up the most amount of points, right, who got the most amount of bonus points from this episode, Rodney, who had just been eliminated the, the episode before, um, got 125 points from the single bonus episode. Jamie ended up getting an extra 115 points. Rick ended up getting an extra 105. Peter got an extra 90. And then Will, Chris S, and Casey all got an extra 80. Um, and again, those were for just coming on this live studio audience show, which is great, especially because again, as you were speaking that for people who had those top four guys, um, you got zero points for them in this episode because they weren't there. Um, and so it's, again, it's a fun chance to be able to make up some points, get some bonus points, especially for some of the guys who maybe went home early. Um, and so this is where sometimes within that season-long lineup, again, picking people who you know are going to be drama and last a while and have big voices, like Peter, like Will, like Chris S. Um, we didn't know Jamie was going to be drama, um, but they can get you some extra points. And,
1: and again, it's, it's understanding that edit. Yeah. You know, there there yeah. was nothing that happened on the mental all that was out of the characterization they had built in the season. Uh, the guys who were drama were still drama. They had Peter and Will doing their nonsense fighting thing with fake lawyers and pizza and bullshit. Yeah. And it was the same. You know. And Rodney continued to get the favorable edit that he got. You know, Jamie was framed again as a douchebag. Um, so nothing really changed. So it goes back to what Megan was saying about actually watching the show, as painful as it might be sometimes. Uh, to understand those narratives, uh, and if you have a week-by-week week league that scores mental all, you could have made you could have made bank just knowing which guys were trouble. Yeah. You know that they, they film the entire time they're in that studio, and they don't show all of it. And if you're dialed in the Bachelor Nation on st- social media at all, you'll see the guys complaining about the stuff that got cut. Yeah. So again, understanding that edit from actually watching the show is going to give you insights that you can turn into points.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and I think again that's an important distinction because the Rose League didn't score Mental All, right? That was just like a a zero point week,
1: which is the right call, by the way. It's not not score.
0: That <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> uh, but then there are also some some leagues that they don't score any of the in studio piece, but if there's like bonus clips, right, that are shown during the Mental All of what's coming in the season, but maybe they'll score that. Um, And so, again, just be aware of how your league, how it's being scored and what system they're using, Um, because you don't want to miss out on those points if they're there. Um, So then that's kind of all that I had talking about season long. Did you have anything else that you want to talk about season long picks for any like data or notes?
1: No, guys, we'll get a link out after episode one for Clayton. Uh, I would highly recommend playing season long. It's, It's a different way to train your brain to think about the season. Uh, it's a little more fantasy-oriented. You can go week to week and just you know pick your favorites and have fun with it. If you want to do fantasy, bachelor, bachelorette, season long is a great place to start. It's a great place to kind of hone your craft because you can't make changes. You have to put in all your research ahead of time. You have to kind of understand what narrative they're pitching us in previews. And you have to make your picks and stick with them. So I would, I would really recommend playing it. Uh, it's also low impact because you only have to set your lineup one time.
0: And then you just forget about it until we talk about it. OK, so the last few things that I had for us to talk about was kind of just like an overview of the season, um, because these last two uh, slides, the last two things that we'll talk about um, really apply to both the season long and then also the weekly league. Week, right. And so we talked about way, 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 way months ago, we gave you our uh, initial first impressions of Michelle's guys. Right. Having ne- um, right before week one. And we kind of talked about some of the themes that we thought would be important, right? Some of the things that we thought might come up a lot, especially just given who Michelle is, again, the narrative that the editors and the producers were trying to make, everything. Um, And so Bachelor Data um, on Instagram does a great job of uh, compiling All this data together. Um, They have some really interesting um, data that they put together, and also their visuals are spot on. Love the graphic design of them. Um, So um, I stole these from them. Go check them out too. But so throughout the season, they've been tracking uh, high-frequency words on Michelle's season. Um, And again, we we kind of touched on these in a couple of our week-to-week episodes but family ended up being one of the highest frequency word used within the entire season, um, which is something that we talked about, right? All the way months ago for that preview of the season as we thought family was going to be an important one for Michelle, an important theme. Um, and it was. And then some of the other high ones were truly, which I am, I don't know in what context that one came up. Um, Connection, Minnesota, scene, vulnerable journey, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you can see that throughout the season, obviously some words um, are higher impact or more frequently used at different parts of the season too. Um, so when we had the drama with Jamie, there was more about um, you know, like here for the right reasons and things like that versus you know, like later in the season, the word engagement or the word wedding or marriage is maybe a couple of the form. So um, anything you want to say about those overall themes or overall frequ- like word
1: frequency? No, I just want to, you know, echo what Megan's saying about the importance of it. You know, we we identified a lot of these words and themes in the preview, um, and that's where the edit starts. You know, we keep talking about understanding the edit. That's the first piece you get of these guys. They submit X amount of sentences and data about their nonsense, and the producers pick out what they want. So when yes. you see those common threads apply it to what you know about the season, apply it to what you know about past seasons because the guys that were talking about settling down and starting a family are guys that talked about it in the show and it's it's the edit that they got. So whether that's them or not, again, irrelevant. Yeah. It's it's the character you're being given.
0: Absolutely. Um so kind of tied with that frequency of word use. Um on this next slide here we have um, featured screen time. So we talked a lot about the, throughout the season about how important it was to actually be on screen, right? Um, and so obviously it matters what they're doing when they're on, on screen, but if they're not on screen, they're not gonna have opportunities to be points. So like for, <laughs> first thing you need them to do is to be on screen. <laughs> um, and so brand had the most screen time out of anyone, even more than me, which I think is huge. Um, and again, if you actually look at the last, so the finale, um, the uh, fantasy suite date, and then it would have been
1: hometowns.
0: No, hometowns. He wasn't higher than Nate. Um, the The episode where it was the sixth of them, and oh, I see. The sixth of four. Um he had more screen time than Nate did. They all, like so, I the last four episodes that that they had Brandon had more screen time than Nate did. In all four of, or in three out of the four of those episodes, and even for hometown, Nate barely had more than he did. Um, and so again, I think just thinking of the narrative, thinking of where those points are coming from, who you need in your lineup either week to week or season long, to some extent, you need people who are going to get that screen time because hopefully they're going to do something with it.
1: Well, and guys, you look at that screen time chart. Then what does it look like? It looks a hell of a lot like the top of the leaderboard for season long and weekly that's direct correlation there yeah
0: well and even i mean like when you look at where jamie falls right jamie got a hell of a lot of screen time considering he was only there for four episodes four episodes and yet he beat out martin chris s olu uh will stayed pretty long casey stayed pretty long so he beat beat out all these guys who are around at least two more episodes than him just in the four episodes that he was there. And he was also one of the top scorers weekly and one of the top scorers
1: for season 12. Yeah, So identifying it is is important. And again, you've got to come back to your edit. What are we being shown? What do they want us to see? Watch your previews. Kind of understand the overall system, right? Like we all know that you go on dates, but there's a very big difference between group dates and one-on-ones. From a point standpoint and from a screen time standpoint those two things are directly related more screen time you have the more point opportunity you have and then really if all fantasy is is putting yourself in the best opportunity to win uh the one thing i want to see that we might have to drop a line the bachelor data on i want to see uh name mentions Mm. and how that correlates to both screen time and points because i i would assume that the guys doing the best are the ones not only being mentioned by name by Michelle the most, but also by the other guys. Yeah. So we might have to we might have to ask for that one and see if we can get a chart.
0: Yeah, and that might be something that we can get for this upcoming season. I don't know if they would go back for us and <laughs> look at that and rewatch the whole season to get us it, but maybe we can. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's something we're looking forward to. Same fun fact:
1: They actually pull it from the closed captioning data. Oh, fun! Okay. Yeah, it dumps it into a database, and they pull nice. it all out.
0: There you go. <laughs> um, okay. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, talk about data-wise, or kind of just in this recap of Michelle's season?
1: No, you know, it, it was a pretty fun season. Um, yeah. No, we we had we had the whole season pegged. We did a really good job. Uh, as a show, as individuals, uh, 602 as a whole, um, everyone really had this one pegged. And I, I think it was a lot of fun to to play while we we're doing our show. I mean, this is our, like, 15th year of Fantasy Bachelor. But the first one with, uh, with a companion show to kind of go along with it and talk through it week by week. And I had a, I had a lot of fun with season one.
0: Yeah, I did, too. It was enjoyable. Um, obviously, I'm excited for season two. <laughs> <laughs> okay <Yeah.
1: coughs>
0: so without me dying um I, I will say um go ahead and join us guys for uh clayton season our our season well our preview of clayton season where we recap kind of all of his girls um and him and give our first impressions for what we think is going to be important um what we think is going to happen is up now so feel free to watch that maybe i do like i good road trip coming home from the holidays because it's quite a lengthy one um but otherwise we'll be dropping um, a video with our week one picks here in the next couple of days um and then we'll you know just keep putting out information
1: yeah we'll get that season-long uh season-long picks out after night one uh, you know you get the benefit of not picking through 33 women i think it's going to be i think it's gonna be 22 when it's all said and done so yeah, we'll we'll churn it out. It should be a, a similar format week over week to season one. But uh, hey, thanks for thanks for being with us on this, guys. Yeah. Like and subscribe.
0: Like and subscribe.
1: Read below. Thanks <laughs> for watching, Roach Show, guys. <laughs>